You are tuned in to Kids in the Pit. Hey guys, it's Gabe from the Kids in the Pit podcast. Today I'm inter- uh, today I'm interviewing Shaka from the hardcore band Burn. I saw you guys play in Thompson Square Park last year with Madball, uh, Cro-Mags, and Wisdom and Chains, and a lot of more bands. I can't remember, though. Uh, well, thanks for joining me today. Mind if I ask you some questions about your musical career? You know what, Gabe? I prefer you don't ask me anything. I just want to sit here and stare into your eyes. Let's have a stare off right now. Yep. Let's see okay. who blanks first. No, no stare off. I don't want to waste people's time. Okay. But that would be fun, right? That might be a later segment in that, your kind of uh, podcast. Cool. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 get it. Ask me whatever you want. Let's do it. Okay. So for those that don't know, uh, what do you do in the band Burn? Yeah. So in the band Burn, I'm the uh, singer uh, or yeller or screamer, whatever people want to call it. Uh, and I get up there and I yell and scream and jump around and convey uh, energy. Uh and usually that energy is something that's designed to get people to feel a certain way. Uh, in my view, feeling is a big part of why we do music and gave that expressive capacity that comes through feeling, I believe, is healing. So yeah. that's what I do in the band. So how long has Burn been a band? Complex question. Uh, Burn started in 1989 when you were just a young, young, young boy. Uh, I'm sure you weren't born in 89. Very young. Just testing you. Just testing you. That was negative, actually. I know. See, there we go. I'm testing you. Um, No, we started in 1989. Burn has broken up um, for many times for different reasons. Oftentimes, it's the couldn't find a drummer. Me and Gavin are arguing. uh, Whatever it is, life stuff. You know, so Burn started in 89, um, maybe even 88. Um, but on and off uh, until now, right? So we've probably been together about half of that time in real life. So if it's whatever it is, 1922, 23 years, we've probably been a functioning band for maybe a decade of that time, maybe a little less. Yes. So where is Burn from? And do you uh, all still live there? Yeah, great question, Gabe. We're from New York City, uh, Brooklyn, New York. We were early uh, transplants to the Williamsburg environment in Brooklyn. Uh, now Williamsburg is a, a very expensive hoity-toity place for people to go and and be cool. Uh, when Gavin, myself, and Alan Peter Cage, who also plays in Quicksand, uh, played played in Burn, plays in Quicksand. He was our first drummer or our first real drummer. Um, we were living in Williamsburg. We had a whole house, a three-story house. Uh, Tom Capone, also from Quicksand and and beyond, lived with us as well. Uh, most of us are still in. Actually, I think all of us are still in the city, but. In terms of who's in the band today, myself and Gavin are, are both still in New York. Um, Alan, who's no longer in the band, is still in Brooklyn, I believe, as well. Um, and I'm not sure who's, I think Jim Carroll has been playing bass with lately, wonder, wonderful player. And Jim's also based in New York, so nice. so New York based, yeah. So um, I like some quicksand songs. They're good. Which ones? Um or what record? What record do you like best? Maybe do it that uh, maybe easier. I know I know it was like the first record, I think. I forgot I forgot what they're called. Um do, 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 Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> that one called? Um I don't even know the name of this song. It's so funny. 
Maybe omission? I don't know. Maybe uh, omission. Phaser and Dine Alone, apparently. Oh, okay, there you go. There you go. Same record, but I was close. Yeah. So uh, for those not familiar with Burn, what song should they look up in your opinion? Oh my God. If you're not familiar with Burn, just crawl under a rock and just don't ever come out. No, I mean, if I think that if someone today was going to get interested in Burn or kind of check out Burn, Gabe, you know, I, I would probably point them to maybe one or two songs off of each of our kind of releases, right? So we kind of started out in, in 89, as I shared, we released one EP on Revelation Records, right? So that EP, I mean, there's a bunch of songs on there. Um, uh, Shall Be Judged might be the kind of biggest kind of uh, song on that EP. It's a song about kind of understanding um, your place in the overall ecosystem of the world, especially as it relates Gabe, to consumption of, uh, of, of different food products, right? Specifically in this case, kind of meat and stuff like that. Uh, then we released a record called, an EP called Last Great Sea. Uh, so I would say off of Last Great Sea, maybe Numerality, uh, which is a wonderful political treatise uh, that Gavin actually wrote the lyrics to. Uh, which is still kind of apropos today. Uh, after that, uh, it's a record EP called Cleanse that we released. And from Cleanse, I would uh, recommend Cleanse, which is that kind of uh, uh, kind of name of the EP, right? Um, and then we had another record on Bridge Nine. Um, Drums of War might be the song on that. Um, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting the name of that. That might be a working title. But then we have a new record, an EP, a new LP, a newest LP. That's not new, but it's a few years old. Um, it's our first LP, Gabe, and there's a song on that record called Do or Die, right, which is about the kind of hardcore energy of what's right, or when I got into it, which is that kind of compacted intensity of hardcore that makes you feel like, okay, when I'm feeling urgent and when I'm feeling like I need to get something done, there's there's a music that kind of supports uh, that that desire, right, in that kind of yeah. That aesthetic of, of really going for it and recognizing that, hey, like, you know, I didn't come up rich or I didn't come up this or that. So if I want to make it, you know, I have to go ahead and do it myself, right? I have to put it all in the line and I have to go and do it, right? So those are the songs that I would kind of uh, say people might might check out from each of our, our records. Okay. I guess I'll check those out. Yeah. So uh, what is your favorite place you've toured in and what's the most obscure place you've toured in? Ah. Favorite place to tour? You know, I got to say, I think that back in the early 90s, our, my my favorite places to play was always the you know, kind of New York, Connecticut, Boston weekend. Um, Gabe, like when you're when you're in a touring band and you're based in an area, usually you do weekend shows, right? Because people have lives and, you know, girlfriends and jobs. So you say, OK, we're going to do a Friday, Saturday and Sunday and we're going to cover whatever it is, you know, 600 miles, right? Yeah. Four hours or whatever it is worth of total drive time at that four or five hours, right? So usually we do a New York show, right? Or or if nicely not, I'll take it back. Usually it would be a Connecticut, Rhode Island, Boston show, right? So there was a place called the uh, the Anthrax in Connecticut, which was amazing. Uh then you might play like um I think it was like the Metro or something like that in Rhode Island. Um and then you play Boston, you might play the Avalon, uh, not the Avalon, um who's the bit with this guy. Um the big, there's the Middle East, and there's a bigger place that we played that with AF. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard of the, the Middle East and yeah, Cambridge. And, and right? the Middle East still, 
Yeah, the Middle East, Cambridge. Yeah, the Middle East still does shows. So it would have been those weekends of doing uh, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday and kind of leaving Boston, uh, you know, on a Sunday morning. And there was like there's certain vegan and health food store places that we used to love to go to. And, and this is before everybody was kind of on some health food store stuff. Like now regular supermarkets have a health food store aisle, right? You kind of go down the aisle. It's like all health foods and stuff like that. Like back in the day you have to go to specialty stores, right? And so Boston was early with a lot of places, with a lot of stores like that, where other regions aside from New York really weren't. So I used to really like those places. From an obscure standpoint, um, I think the first Burn show was pretty obscure now, but it was a, a place called ABC No Rio. Um, and ABC No Rio was basically a squat and it comes out of that kind of punk rock aesthetic that says, you know, we're going to take nothing and we're going to make it something, right? It was like an, an art space that they kind of turned into a DIY venue. Uh, Quicksand also played there. A bunch, bunch of bands played there. But it was kind of place. I mean, if there was a stage, I don't think it was a really serious stage. If there was sound, it wasn't very serious. But it was something about it. It was it was the beginning of things and it felt very alive and it felt very um, contagious and very necessary. So that, even though you said obscure, it's obscure now because now every venue is blown out with like great speakers and all this stuff. Yeah. And ABC Real really wasn't like that. Um. Also, my mom said she's. Uh, what did you say it was? A uh, venue we were just talking about. Which one? ABC No Rio. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so apparently, she's been there, and uh, it's in New York City. That's correct. It's downtown Lower East Side. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So, Pardon me uh, for not sharing that. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, so do you have a crazy or funny tour story you want to share? Uh, give, give me get crazy in what way? Just, uh, I don't know, just like something really weird or something what? very odd, I guess. You know, we found a cat on one tour. Um, we were at a rest cat? stop and a, a kitty cat. Yeah, we were at a, we were at a rest stop and and it was clear that somebody had abandoned this cat. So we ended up taking this cat on the, the rest of, it sounds ridiculous to say it out loud. We ended up taking this cat on the rest of our little short tour. I think it was like maybe like four or five days, something like that. And that cat still is still with someone uh, related close to the band. So it's pretty interesting. Okay. But I think finding a kitty cat was pretty, pretty cool. But I mean, I think, you know, a lot of those today, the, the shows back, the shows in like the early nineties, all of them were basically crazy. I mean, like for one thing, I remember um, going to Seabees and just going in Seabees, it was like a whole different climate game. You'd walk in there and it'd be so hot that like your chest would compress just from like the heat and the, the kind of humidity. Oh. Um, there was um, a place, um, like yeah, this is the story for you. There's a place called, um, uh, What's it called? It's in Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, something sounds. Now I'm forgetting it. Oh my God. But there was one weird guy. God bless his soul. I don't know. I don't, you know, maybe he's, I hope he's doing great. I'm not going to say his name, but he ran the place. And Wait, it was just such it, a. Is it the reverb? It's Unis, it's, no, it's Unisound. Unisound. Oh. And we would run into various, uh, there'd be white power or kind of racist skinheads or whatever. Oh. Uh, that would come out to some of these shows. Uh, there were straight edge kids. It was everybody. But Unisound shows were always a weird kind of wild card where something crazy like would happen. I think there was one time when somebody didn't get paid and they took something or some craziness. I mean, it oh. was just one of those crazy, crazy, crazy venues that people played at, but still it was really kind of like a bit interesting. 
put it that way. Hmm. So what was your first punk concert and how old were you? First punk concert, um, Trip Six, New York Hoods, and Underdog at the CBGB establishment. I was uh, 16 years old. I went to that show because my classmate was Bobby Steigerwald, who actually was a singer for the New York Hoods. Um, cool. I had, yeah, yeah. I had, I'm sorry. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't. I had gotten into hardcore on my own and had met him, but. That ended up kind of being the kind of thing that made me say, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to this thing by myself, right? Downtown in the city, and I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out, right? Yeah. So that was the first that was uh, my first show. That's cool. Yeah. So what are some bands that first got you into hardcore? 100 percent yeah. So I got into hardcore in the waiting room of a kind of a not an urgent care, but like my little my little sister sprayed oven cleaner in her eye. I was watching her. She had gotten out of my sight. She sprayed on the cleaner, called my mom, we had to go to hospital. So I'm like in the waiting room and I asked my mother for her little portable music player. She gave it to me and I'm like, you know, flipping through. I wanted something different because I was so freaked out and I'm just concerned about my little sister. I didn't want to listen to anything I knew. I just wanted to be somewhere else. And um, I came across um, WNYU, which is a state, the radio station associated with NYU, right? Yeah. And there was some, a short of time called the New Afternoon Show. Uh, and the first song that they played was a song, uh, Scratch Acid Berserker, which I really didn't love as much, but then they played Saladate by Minor Thread, and I was like, okay, you know, this is, I kind of like this, like, you know, I was already into rock and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, I kind of like this, so I guess it would probably have been Minor Thread, probably the first punk song, and I was like, yeah, I like this, you know, and then Black Flag, like, me and my dad, um, I was already kind of going downtown and stuff like that, being in the city, because I was, like, buying hip-hop records and DJing them when I was really young, um, and I had already kind of seen a bunch of kids with like, you know, the, the leather jackets and stuff kind of paints on the back and, <clears throat> and gave, there was a lot of kids that had black flag, like, you know, in their jackets. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm getting black flag. I'm going to buy black flag. They like black flag, right? I'm going to be down. Let's get a black flag record. So right. I bought black flag damage. And that probably, I mean, the, 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 the crappy thing about that one, Gabe, is that you can't, you only go down from there in, in Black Flag's catalog because that to me is their by far their standout record. And it was tough for me because I was looking for another record to be as good as that record and it's not happening. Um, so Black Flag damaged the minor. Nice. So yeah. uh, what is a band you suggest other people go see live? Ah, band I suggest people go see live. Madball, Blood Clot, um, AF. Nice. Uh, my boys, uh, Rebelmatic, Activator from New York. Um, there's a couple of bands like End It's a band now that people are starting to, to kind of get to know. Um, Gulch. Um, a bunch of bands. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of interesting kind of new, newish kind of stuff out there. That thing's really good. Also, I mean, like I just went, I went and saw Youth of Today when they had their reunion show. Everybody, you know. They're still doing their thing. Gorilla Biscuits, obviously, all the old friends are doing their thing. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of opportunity for, 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 for a good show. I actually sing on stage with Agnostic Front at the Holiday Jam in December. Oh, very good. Very good. So, are you in Pennsylvania? Uh, no, we're in Delaware. So, Pennsylvania uh, is close. right above us. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. Philly's like an hour, and then Reading's like hour 32 hours, something like that. Cool. Yeah. So what was your favorite TV show as a kid? 
You know, A team is the first thing that jumped out at me. A team was about. You're not familiar with the A team, are you? No. Um, so A team was about a group of ragtag ex army guys that all had uh, specific and unique personality quirks that were part of an ad hoc uh, do gooder crew run by this guy. I think it was Hannibal was the main leader, right? And so they would go around uh, with their military expertise, kind of doing good things for people that had no other kind of recourse to get justice. So I love the A-Team. Um, I like the Cosby show. Um, I guess those two are probably my favorites. Nice. So if you could be an animal for a day with the promise that you won't be killed or eaten, what would you choose? Oh. Hoya. I want to be Hoya for a day. He's an animal. I'm kidding. I love Boya. I'm just because, you know, he always says that the animals, it, it's, yeah. I don't know. That, um, an animal. I mean, so I guess I would, I might want to be a gorilla, right? You know, uh, yeah. I would kind of look at um, another kind of primate and kind of compare and contrast that experience. So yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe a gorilla. Yeah. Like a monkey or gorilla would be fun. Cause like, you could just like, you can just swing. You can just swing everywhere. You can eat as many bananas as you want. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm going to stick with gorilla though over monkey. I feel like monkeys are a bit. Uh, they just seem emotionally unstable and and dangerous. From what and I they understand. throw poop at people. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Which is funny, but I wouldn't. I don't think I would like to be hit in the face with monkey um what's the word hawks um, defecation see that monkey defecation was actually the first band i was in we didn't play any shows band called Mon monkey defecation that was my first group dang it that was gonna be my band <laughs> No, that would have been a great name, but not. Or I just like just defecation probably exists. As a yeah, defecation is but, an amazing name. Yeah. <laughs> so if you could tell your 11-year-old self anything at all, what would you tell him? Um, go for it. Be smart. Um, always respect your parents. Um, always respect your parents. Always respect, respect your parents. Nice. So uh, would you like... To add anything before we wrap things up? Yeah, I would. I would like to tell people, like to share that. Um, the beauty of music uh, is that it allows us to kind of come in contact with something that is ephemeral and kind of internal and kind of this kind of innocuous thing. And, you know, writing, poetry, other art forms can kind of allow you to touch that, right? But even inside of yourself, just going inside yourself and meditating, uh, sitting in quiet contemplation and allowing uh, allowing yourself to watch your thoughts can be can have a similar healing quality to listening to your favorite song. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, listening to your favorite song, it frees up emotion that might be bottled up in you. We go and we dance in the pit, you're, you know, kids in the pit, we go in the pit and, and we, we go, you know, we rock out and... and and we do the thing, and then you feel better, right? There's a catharsis, meaning that you're getting this energy that was pent up, you're getting it out, right? And now your your bodily systems are now allowed to serve your unit, yourself. 
um, oftentimes when we're stressed, right, we then begin to turn our focus gate externally, right? And then we're, we're not healing, we're not happy, we're, we're out of sync with ourselves. So what I would share to people is that, you know, take the time, treat yourself like a song and just sit and listen to yourself in quiet contemplation. Let your thoughts go by, uh, command your body, let your body know that the, that your mind is in control of the body and not vice versa. Oftentimes we let our body be the mind, uh, but just sit there and allow yourself to to watch your body, watch what it wants, watch its cravings, watch its tremors, control the body, command the body. And the more that you do that, uh, the more uh, uh, magical, empowered, uh, and important your life will become. Nice. Well, uh, thanks to Shaka for joining me today, and thanks to all of you for watching or listening. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel or follow me on Spotify and other streaming platforms. Until next week, bye! Bye. Thanks, Gabe. You're awesome.